Welcome to the Word of Life Center podcast. It's our desire that today's message would equip and empower you to see the Word of God bring life to your life. We are starting a series today called Better. And actually, I'm introducing it today. We're going to start it on January the 6th. But that kind of can cover lots of territory. But what we want to focus in on this month, in the month of January, is better in our relationship and our communication with God. Amen. It's called prayer. You know, we, we use that word and we think, oh my Lord, prayer, praying. But it's, it's communing with God. It's communicating with God. And uh, so we're going to start this and we're actually going to have a time of fasting and prayer. 21 days starting January the 6th through uh, the week of January the 21st. And, and you say, well, what, what kind of fasting? Well, what, you know. What do you feel in your heart? What's the Holy Spirit telling you? I can't tell you how to fast or what to fast. I can't create a fast for you. Right. Now, I can say this. If you're going to fast swimming in the swimming pool this time of year, I think you missed it a little bit, you know. But, but by and large, you have to let the Holy Spirit tell you what, where, where that is, you know. And, and obviously, there are lots of different ways to fast, and you just have to know by the Holy Spirit, but I would encourage you to do some fasting. Give up something that is important to you, but also could be distracting to you during this season and let God work in your life. Maybe it's something that, that would take time away from your communion with God. But the point is, ask the Lord, hey, what can I do to fast? What, what, what is it that I feel in my heart that I need to do? And uh, you don't need to tell somebody else what they need to do. Amen. Well, I think you need to go on this kind of fast, but, but, but that's, not, that's not your responsibility. Amen. The Holy Spirit can, can do that. So in conjunction with that, we have a, a 21-day devotional that we, we printed up that will help you every day. It's just got a little nugget in here every day. And it also has some examination in here every day and a little prayer that will help you through this 21 days of prayer. What I want you to do at the end of 21 days is be better in your communion and your fellowship with the Father. Have a more intimate relationship with Him. And, and listen, that, that doesn't mean you're going to be like somebody else. It's so, it's so, sometimes we try to compare our prayer life to somebody else or how we pray to some, with somebody else. And to be honest with you, the, you can't compare. You have to know in your heart where you are with the Lord and your communion with the Lord. But you can always get better. Amen. You can always be better at it. Two of uh, uh, men that I highly respected through the years, one of them was Dr. Uh, Paul Yanji Cho, who pastored the largest church in the world. On Sunday morning, he, almost, he was almost a million people he preached to, not by television, by direct link. He had almost 40-something thousand in his church, and then the rest of them were satellites all over South Korea. And, and he was a prayer. And I had the privilege of being involved with him in, in a couple of different things and in some intimate associations with him. He actually 
his mother-in-law created a place called Prayer Mountain, and you could go there and pray, and it was amazing, still there. But, but I remember sitting at dinner with him one night with a couple of other ministers, and, and they asked him if there, you, there was something that you could do better than what you did, what would it be? Something that, that you felt like you could, looking back, you, you could have done better. And you know what he said? Pray more. I almost slid under the table because I'm thinking, if this dude needs to pray more, I'm in serious trouble. <laughs> but the point is, it's not a comparison. It's not a comparison. Uh, they asked Billy Graham that same question, and that was the exact same answer. I, I, I would I'd pray more. So whatever your pray more is, is what you're praying more. Your communion is whatever it is. It's not based on somebody else's. It's not based on me or anyone else. I remember uh, a, an athlete friend of mine um, one, one time, uh, he's, a, he's a professional athlete and we're friends. And, and he asked me one time, he said, um, he said, Pastor, he, he said, uh, how much do you pray? And how, do, you know, and, and so I told him and you could see his eyes got really big, you know, because I have the privilege of being able to pray more than most people because this is my job. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I mean, his eyes got really big. I said, listen, don't compare me to you. I said, you just need to put, push in and pursue God where you are, not, not somebody else. So when you listen to what I'm saying today, don't feel pressured to be somebody else or, well, I know so-and-so and they're a real prayer warrior. Well, you are too, whether you realize it or not, if you pray. Okay, so don't ever compare that because nobody prays enough. It is impossible. It's, it's, it's an infinity thing to, to pray enough. So don't ever get under condemnation about that. Or even say, well, you know, pastor preached on prayer and I hadn't been praying. Well, that doesn't, look, get better. Get better. So that's what we're after is getting better in our relationship with the Father and our communion with Him. So that's what I want to talk to you about today because in order to do this, you're going to have to prepare to get better. Amen. You know, look, you can, you can only do so much without preparing. An athlete who is going to train for the Olympics doesn't just go and say, you know what, I think I'm going to go run in the Olympics. They prepare. They have to get better in order to be what they need to be. So we all need to prepare for more. We need to prepare to get better at what God wants us to do. And, and he wants us to pray. But I think you're going to be surprised about why he wants us to pray. But you've got to make up your mind that you're going to be prepared. And once you make up your mind to be prepared, then you'll get better. But you can't be whimsical about it and say, well, you know, I might try that. You've got to prepare to get better. And you'd be amazed at what God can do for you. God can do through you and use you if you will be willing to pray. If you just be willing to pray, it's amazing. Listen to what Jesus said in Mark chapter 13, beginning in verse 33. Now listen to this. Jesus said, take heed. Watch and pray, okay? For you don't know what the time is. 
Watch and pray. Now, I had a, I heard a, a preacher one time say he was praying one day and, and, uh, and, and at a certain time he knew exactly what somebody, what, you know, what, what was happening in somebody's life. And they asked him, well, how'd you know? And he said, well, it says watch and pray. I looked at my watch. Well, that's not what we're talking about. Okay. The word there, watch, means to pay attention to your life, to your circumstances in regard to prayer. Be sensitive and available to pray. I don't know whether you've ever had this happen to you or not, but I've had it happen to me many times where I should have prayed for somebody and I didn't. Have you ever done that? You walked away from somebody or walked away from a situation. You know, I didn't even pray for. I could have, at least I could have done was prayed. That's paying attention. Okay. That's being prepared when you pay attention to your prayer life. And Jesus used this in relationship of him leaving and coming back. And he, and, and he goes on to say, Take heed, watch, and pray, for you do not know when the time is. It's like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants, that's you, and to each his work, and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all, you ready? Watch, pay attention, be available, keep your eyes open towards spiritual things. So that means that when you walk out of these doors today, you are going to be, have to be responsible for more than just your time here. Thank you for your enthusiasm. But it gets better. Amen. So let me read you another scripture that Jesus talked about the same thing. It's in Luke chapter 18, verse 1. It says, Jesus spoke a parable to them that men ought to pray and not lose heart. So you've got to understand that what Jesus is talking about here is in reference to praying and not losing heart. The word there, losing heart, literally means to come unhinged. You know, a lot of people in the body of Christ, they've just come unhinged. They're not on the door. They're not on the, you know, it's like a swinging door. They're not on, they're not hooked up anymore. They've just come unhinged. Well, the Bible says, if you will pray, then you won't come unhinged. You'll stay steady. And then he goes on to say, you, the parable, he said, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Nor Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, get justice for me from mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I don't fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wearies me. Now, Jesus said, pay attention to what the judge said. So we just read what the judge said. He said, I'm going to answer her prayer because she won't quit. You say, well, God won't do that. Yes, he will. If you don't quit, he won't quit. 
I can't tell you, listen, I was telling the first service, I've got a library, I've got books everywhere, you know, that I've read and I, and, and on prayer and other subjects, but on prayer and I, and, and you read testimonies of people and I don't know why, but it just sticks out to me. Mostly it's little mothers or grandmothers praying for their kids or their grandkids. And they're crying out to God for them night and day and crying out for them. And nothing's happening, nothing's happening. And they just keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. And all of a sudden, oh, there's an explosion. Good friend of mine, uh, uh, Pastor Terry Nance, that happened to him uh, and his brother. He, his mother just wouldn't quit praying. He said, I'd be in the bed, you know, come out, come home late, and I'd be in the bed. And he said, the walls of our house were thin, and I could see her and hear her in the other room crying out to God for us. He eventually it took. Well, what's Jesus saying here? He's saying, listen, if you don't quit, God doesn't quit. You don't quit praying. He doesn't quit praying. You have to stay with it. And it goes on to say, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the son of man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Now, listen to me. When it's talking about finding faith on the earth here, it's talking about finding faith on the earth in regard to prayer. Okay. It takes faith to pray. Now, if you're not careful, you can get in that mindset of formulas for prayer. You know, like the Lord's Prayer or something where you got to pray exactly a certain way or you're not going to get what you're praying for. But I want to tell you something. The most important thing for you to get your answer to prayer is to have communion with God. You get into fellowship with God and, and speak to God. Because listen, what I have found out is that when I am in fellowship with God and I am praying and I am worshiping God, faith is always there. It's just there. You don't have to create it. You don't have to build it up. It's just there because you're in a place of communion with God. Listen to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And I think this will give you some insight into this. Without faith, it is impossible, you ready, to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is God. Now listen, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So that's talking about prayer. Without faith, what's the faith? Faith is when you press into God. Faith is when you pursue God in a communion with God and you diligently seek Him. When you do that, things happen. God works. So, so you understand this. Listen, <clears throat> God has more potential prayers right now than have ever been on the face of the earth. Right now. Just this room right here. If we all determine in our hearts to pray in a direction and not quit and stay with it and pursue it, there's nothing that's impossible. Unless it's just, you know, we're going to pray Satan's going to win or something like that, you know. How many of you know that ain't going to happen? <laughs> but my point is, if you're praying the will of God and we all join together, <clears throat> there's nothing impossible for us. Nothing. Because God 
wants to hook up with us. He wants to be a part of us. He wants to be a part of our lives. He wants to have communion with us. He wants to have fellowship with us. And what we've got to do is do our part. Listen, a lot of people get this scripture backward. God will draw nigh to you so you can draw nigh to him. But you know what? It doesn't say that. It's on you. Draw nigh to God and then he draws nigh to you. See, there's a lot of misconception about God today, even in the Christian music world, about God, you know, well, God's going to pursue you. Well, he's not doing a very good job if God's pursuing, because there are a lot of people going to hell. And I'm going to tell you right now, if God was doing it, that wouldn't be happening. Okay, now, we pursue him, he draws near to us. We draw near to him, he draws near to us. Okay, so the more you're willing to pursue him, the more willing he is to work in your life. And and that's just the way, that's the relationship. And you've got to understand that. If you wonder why things aren't working in your life, what are you doing about your prayer life? Are you communing with the Lord? Hey, I'm not talking about you got to get six steps of prayer, answered prayer, or you got to do the, I'm talking about spending time, you and the Lord together, just you talking, Lord I'm just praying. Thank God we can pray in the spirit. And if you can do that, that gives you a greater dimension. But the point is, listen to me, you have got to understand that it's your responsibility now that Jesus has paid the price for us to draw near to him. It says come boldly toward the throne of grace. It doesn't say the throne of grace comes boldly to you. So I don't mean it, I, and I'm certainly not trying to be ugly about it, but there's no excuse, okay? If you're in this room today, you understand. You may not like it, <laughs> but you understand, okay? But there is a greater, more powerful value to your prayers than just getting an answer to prayer, okay? Listen to what it says in Revelation chapter 5. Verse 8. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Bowls full of prayers which are the prayers of the saints. Now, wait a minute. Do you understand what that scripture just said? It said God keeps your prayers. He keeps them on file, so to speak. He keeps them in a box next to him. They are valuable to him. They are important to him. It's not, well, I keep it till I answer it. It's not like Santa Claus. Okay, you know, you write a letter to Santa, get the, you know, and when he checks off, okay, I got them what they wanted. I know this is not real, but you understand what I'm saying? All right, I checked it off. I can throw that letter away now because I gave them what they wanted. God doesn't do that. He keeps the letters, the prayers. He keeps them in a file. Can you imagine how big that file is? You think our cloud's got a file. His cloud file is... Big 
Because he keeps every one of them. He holds on to those prayers. They are valuable to him. They are important to him. The Bible says they are a sweet smelling sacrifice. They are pleasant to him. They are valuable to him. They are something that reminds him of his communion and his fellowship with you. I just wonder how big your file's going to be. Or my file's going to be. I want to be, I want him to smell me. You know? I, I want there to be a fragrance, fragrance there because of prayers that are going up. Let me show you this in another scripture in, in action, in Acts chapter 10. Verse 1, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what is called the Italian regiment, a devout man, one who feared God with all his household, gave alms generously to the people, and prayed to God always. Now, wait a minute. This guy is not even a part of the covenant of God. He's without covenant with God. He doesn't have any relationship whatsoever to Israel blood-wise. He fears God. That's, if you, listen, if you can just fear God, that's, that's going to carry you a long way right there. You just have the fear of God. But he feared God and he was a giver. But listen, he prayed always. Now, I want to tell you right now, his prayers were probably not anything spectacular. Okay, but he prayed. He prayed always. Now notice verse three. The ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he had observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, now listen, your prayers... And your alms, your giving, have come up for a memorial before God. Wow. Listen, you think God just answers Christian prayers? Just thought I'd throw that out. There, listen, there are going to be times where people don't know God. They don't know anything about God, but they know there's somebody up there and they say, can you help me? God will respond to that. Don't kid yourself. Prayers are important to him. Praying is important to him because it is a communion and a relationship and a fellowship. That, that word there, memorial, actually means to think of and to feel for a person. He had feelings for this guy. Because he prayed continually. How many times in the word of God, I don't have time to get into it today. Do you find the, the supernatural and God doing something great because somebody was praying? Somebody was praying. Well, I just don't know my life's a mess and I don't know what I'm going to do and I don't know how I'm going to fix it. You don't have to. God will fix it. Just pray. Well, it couldn't be that easy. It is when you're in relationship with God. 
He wants it. He looked down and he had feelings for Cornelius. Even though he was not offering the sacrifices in the temple, he wasn't even a tither. He was a giver, but he wasn't tithing because he didn't understand that. And he said, I've got to do something. So he sent an angel down there and said, go find Peter. He's going to tell you about life. He's going to tell you about Jesus. And his whole, he and his whole family were saved, filled with the Holy Spirit in a moment of time. Amen. Just because he prayed. And listen, and those prayers went up and they stayed there. They were part of God's collection of prayers. Let me explain it to you this way. Prayers are like love letters from a loved one. That's how valuable they are to God. The Lord helped me see this. I have cards and letters that I've saved ever since I've been saved. If you ever wrote me a card for a birthday, which y'all been a blessing to me to do that, a birthday, let's don't do any more though, okay? But, our, our anniversary for Becky and I, I still have those cards. And by the way, I read every one of them because they're love letters to me. If you gave me a card at Christmas, I read that card. I kept that. I, I kept that card. I have boxes of cards. Why? Because there's a, there is a meaning there. There's a relationship there. Imagine how much more God cares about your love letters. Your prayers, when you talk to him, when you commune with him. Cornelius wasn't anything special. He just feared God and prayed. And because he did, God was touched by that. Listen to me. I, I don't believe that we have really understood or tapped into the power of prayer and what God can really do and really wants to do in our lives. All he's asking us to do is to get involved. Just commune with him, fellowship with him, be part of the relationship. So uh, two questions. First one is, what does God want? And second, what do you want? Okay. So what does God want? What is God doing? What, what, is this, what does this prayer thing do? Let me show you in Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 20 says, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building fitted together grows, now listen to this, into a holy temple in the Lord. Okay, so God's plan, God's desire is to have a holy temple. For what purpose? Listen to the next verse. In whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. Do you understand you're the temple of God? Do you understand that together that we're the temple of God? Are you still with me? You say, what's that got to do with prayer? Well, I'm going to show you because it's important that you understand this. Okay. In Matthew chapter 21, verse 12, Jesus went into the temple of God. Okay. Listen to this. 
drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple, overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. His temple, which you are, which I am, which we are together, is a house of prayer. It is a house of communion with God. It is a house of worship to God. That's what he wants. That's what he's after. You go read in the Old Testament when they dedicated the temple over in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and and they prayed over that temple. You know what happened? The glory of God came into that temple. Well, Well, pastor, how come we don't have more of the glory of God? I'm convinced it's a prayer problem. Why would Jesus say, man, I hope there's going to be faith when I come. I hope there's going to be people praying. I hope they're going to watch and pray. Why? Because God's trying to build a habitation. He's trying to build something way bigger than what you and I ever even imagined. And when we make up our mind to pray, it's, it's amazing. Listen, we have a, we have a Bible school semester or trimester, however they do it, on prayer that I I wrote the manual for it. And I didn't even scratch the surface. Prayer is not a formula. Prayer is a communion. And you learn by your communion how to communicate with God and fellowship with Him. And I have found out, listen to me, I have found out that different men and women of God who have close fellowship with God don't have the same angle about how they communicate with God. But the amazing thing is they all get the same answers. Why? He's looking for the communion. Sure, there's got to be faith. But listen, I don't. Okay, listen to me a minute. If you're talking to God, there's faith. Okay, don't don't get all confused about it. Think you got to have some kind of major faith. If you're talking to God, something's working. It's called faith. So that's what God wants. Well, what do you want? Well, you want answers. Don't look at me so holy. But you can get answers. James chapter 5, verse 16. I'm going to read just the latter part of verse 16 in the Amplified Bible. Listen to what it says. The earnest... Heartfelt prayer, y'all still here? Actually, let me add to that. Continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in his working. When you start praying, it's not just answers that come. It creates a whole arena of power. Things that you don't even pray about, all of a sudden, Things start happening because you prayed. The earnest, heartfelt prayer, continued prayer of a righteous man. Well, that's the problem, Pastor. It says a righteous man. Uh, The Bible says that if you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. See, you're looking for some kind of holy man. 
Well, look in the mirror. <laughs> Ladies, you understand I'm talking about you too, but look in the mirror because you are the righteousness of God in Christ. That means you can be effectual, fervent, continued, heartfelt in your prayers. And when you are, you make power available. You make tremendous power available. Well, that's just for the super spiritual. No, it's not. Verse 17, I love this. James chapter 5, Amplified Bible says this. Elijah was a human being with a nature such as we have, with feelings, affections, and a constitution like ours, and he prayed. Well, go find out what Elijah did. First, he prayed, and when he prayed, listen, first of all, when he prayed, he stopped the rain for three years. Then he prays again, and the rain starts back. He's just like you. See, I know that, that, that blows your mind. I understand that was a divine appointment from God. But the point is, he was just like you. And he prayed. So the bottom line is, are you going to pray? It's not a matter of who you are, what you think about yourself, what you think about others. What do you want? You're not going to get it if you don't pray. What do you want to see in your life? Are you satisfied with your life the way it is? Or do you want it to be better? Well, if you want it to be better, you're going to have to have communion with God. You're going to have to have fellowship with God. That means you're going to have to pray. You're going to have to worship God. You're going to have to spend time. When you walk out of these doors today, your assignment just begins. Pick up those prayer books on your way out. Your assignment just begins. We, we have narrowed down praying to just asking God for something. Come on, Lord, just give me something, something. I just need a little something, you know. <laughs> it's like a guy asked me one time. He said, can I hold $5? <laughs> I said, yeah, as long as I hold the other end. <laughs> I, didn't really, I didn't know what he meant by it. I had no idea what he was talking about. But the point is, listen. All you have to do is put yourself in the place of prayer and offer up believing prayers. And, and don't get the idea, well, you know, I just didn't have enough faith. Wait a minute. Did you talk to God? Yes. Do you believe it was God? Yes. Do you believe God heard you? Yes. That's faith. Because people who don't believe in God don't pray. Okay, so that's faith. So don't get caught up in the mechanics. Sure, there are things that, that you can learn about faith and praying and receiving that God can do some great things. But listen, don't get caught up in that to where you miss out on the very fact that all you have to do is be effectual, fervent, continued in your praying. And when you are, God will work. <clears throat> God will answer. But you've got to be the one to do it. Well, I had a man years ago, and, and I, I watched his life, and I, I don't want to be critical of it, so I'm not going to say a lot about it. But, but I'll never forget it, because at the time, he was kind of a well-known minister. And, and I'll never forget, he made this statement. I was, he said, well, my wife does all the praying for us. 
And I just said, yeah, buddy, there's going to be a time when you need to pray. And it's now. And I wasn't trying to be critical. I wasn't being judgmental. But I want to tell you something. Thank God for other people praying. I covet your prayers. Okay. I desperately need your prayers. But the thing about it is I have to pray. You have to pray. You, well, I'm just depending on mama to pray. Well, what happens when mama goes home to be with the Lord? Oh, Lord, I'm going to have to pray myself. You might as well get used to it. Go now. Do it now. There's no time in prayer. There's no age in prayer. There's no formula for prayer as far as God's fellowship is concerned. But you've got to make up your mind you're going to do it. You can get better. You can get better in your praying. Your communion. It's not just talking about a prayer and, 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 and just doing a prayer. I'm going to throw up a prayer. It's praying. It's fellowship with God. Now, I'm not trying to put this on you at all because this doesn't happen to me all the time. Okay. You know, but... But there are times when you get caught up in prayer and you're talking to God and it don't matter what else is going on. <clears throat> it doesn't matter. It just flat doesn't matter. The problem that a lot of people have is, well, if I start praying, God's going to call me to Africa. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. Listen, you're going to be required to answer to God for Africa whether you ever go or not, if that's really the case. But more than likely not. Well, God's going to tell me I can't go to the boats anymore. Good. <laughs> you definitely need to pray. <laughs> and I'll just tell you right now, don't, don't waste your time asking God for numbers for the lottery. He's not going to give them to you. But if you'll make up your mind to be a sincere prayer and, 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 and be sensitive about praying and understand you're talking to the creator of the universe, but yet he loves you as a, as a father loves a child, he will accept you wherever you are and whatever you say. He might laugh at you and you'll never know it because he knows, hey, you got more in you than that. But he'll just work with you. But you've got to make up your mind you're going to be the prayer. Amen. It's going to make you better. This, this next year can be a better year. It can be a great year for you if you'll just let God work in your life. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Word of Life Center podcast. You can connect with us on Facebook and Twitter or at our website, wordoflifecenter.org.